This is the intersection of faith and the culture. Wall Builders comes from that scripture in Nehemiah that says, Arise and rebuild the walls that we may no longer be a reproach. Just think about it practically, folks. Back then, if you didn't have those outer walls, you were run over as a city. Here today in our nation, obviously, borders are important as well. But what we mean by wall builders is the fact that you need the foundation. You need the strength of a society. You need the truths that make a society strong instead of the lies that weaken a nation. So wall builders has been around for nearly three decades now, rebuilding the foundations of America, bringing back the truth about what makes our Constitution so strong, what makes our Declaration of Independence, why are those principles uh, something so powerful and so true that they changed the entire world. It had such an impact on everyone on the planet because of what America became and was able to do in exporting freedom around the world. That's what Wall Builders is all about. You can go to our main website today at wallbuilders.com or to our radio site, wallbuilderslive.com, wallbuilderslive.com. And there on the radio site, you can get archives of, of the program. So if you missed some shows last week or previous weeks, it's all available there on the website. Uh, throughout the week, we typically have interviews, and, and on Thursday, we'll have a Foundation of Freedom program. That's where you send in questions. You can email those to radio at wallbuilders.com, and then we try to get through as many of those questions as we can on Thursdays. And then Fridays, we have what we call Good News Friday. It's a chance for us to just go through as many stories as possible that have happened in the last few weeks or months. You don't typically get good news on, on programs like uh, a news program or certainly major media. You typically only get bad news. We want to highlight a lot of those good things that have happened, so we reserve Fridays to do that. And that's what today is, Good News Friday, a chance for David and Tim Barton to just go through as many stories as possible. Uh, their Good News Story stacks are way bigger than we can ever get to all of them, but we'll get through as many as we possibly can today. All right, guys, let's jump into some of that good news. David's got the first piece of good news. Okay, Rick, I'll start it out. And this comes with a piece of good news that may seem a little strange because it's really going to end up praising President Biden. And I know that kind of sounds crazy for the worldview that we have, which typically does not agree with progressive stuff at all. And yet at the same time, we're more into truth than we are agendas. We always hold a position history. You show the good, the bad, the ugly. You don't do what they do with progressives and just show the bad and the ugly about America, not the good. So if there's something good, you, you point it out and you, you say this is a good deal. And, and it's just hard to get progressives to do that about their opponents. And particularly when you look at the legacy media or the mainstream media, whatever we want to call it, I mean, they are happy to point out every bad thing they can about conservatives or religious people of faith or, or Republicans or whatever, and they're not about to show you when something good happens. And that's why, you know, when Tucker Carlson shows the rest of the footage, that 40-plus thousand hours uh, of what went on inside the Capitol, it doesn't look at all like what we saw with mainstream media. So here we go. This is one that is is praising President Biden. Actually, it goes to to one of his appointees, and this is his ambassador to the United Nations. And so whereas Biden and the administration has been particularly globalist, particularly progressive in that area, uh, whether with the World Economic Fund, what they're doing with climate change and, and global stuff, it was interesting that there was an interview with the, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, and on that interview that she was doing, and, and it was an interview in front of the House subcommittee, they were talking to her, and she said, look, the U.N. is really, really bad on Israel. They're very much against Israel. The U.N. takes votes all the time condemning Israel when Israel's done nothing wrong. And she went on to defend Israel and tear up the U.N. and their position against Israel and talk about how strong America is toward Israel. 
And and I am just shocked when I hear that because it's really hard to find Democrats who support Israel. It just it really is. They they'll, they'll talk about it, but then when it comes to policy time or funding time or anything else, they don't go out of their way to support Israel. And so for this administration, the Biden administration, to appoint someone to the UN who is defending Israel and fighting for Israel, I take that as a really big positive plus. And then Biden was coming out of press conference here a week or so ago, maybe 10 days ago. And generally, Biden does not take questions after the press conference, just kind of moves on out. But as he was going out the door, somebody asked something about Israel, and he stopped in the doorway and he turned back and said, no, 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 we are strong defenders of Israel. We support Israel. And he just went off on Israel, and he didn't have to because he was out the door and he turned around and came back and answered the question about Israel and made it very clear that we're pro-Israel. And I thought that was really a significant statement. He did not have to answer that. He often doesn't answer questions after the press conferences he's leaving, but he did that question on Israel, that statement on Israel. And so seeing this from his UN ambassador, uh, hearing him say it when he didn't have to, I consider that to be very, very positive good news, something I can praise the Biden administration for is being pro-Israel. And I'm going to clarify that I think at least the statement was very pro-Israel. Now, is all of their policies or all their behavior pro-Israel? No, we, we absolutely know it's not. However, the fact that even though their policies aren't in the right position when it comes to a pro-Israel position, that, as you mentioned, even the fact that he was willing to say that is significant and does communicate something uh, of value when it comes to America's position with Israel. America sent under the Biden administration has not been a good friend to most nations around the world, including Israel. But the fact he would say that still is really good news. Tim, next piece of good news. Where are you taking us? All right, guys, this one is going to Washington State. The title of this article says high school football coach Joe Kennedy officially reinstated at Bremerton. Now, Coach Kennedy was the football coach back in 2015 who lost his job at the end of football games. He would go to the 50-yard line. He would take a knee. He would pray. And the school apparently determined that was not legal. That was not constitutional. He was violating the First Amendment, separation of church and state, all this nonsense. Well, that case was overturned this last year. The U.S. Supreme Court identified that he had a wrongful termination And he now is reinstated at Bremerton High School. The school district in Washington released a statement. This is part of their statement. Mr. Kennedy will be an assistant football coach for Bremerton High School for the 2023 season. Mr. Kennedy has completed human resources paperwork, and we are awaiting the results of his fingerprints and background check, which, of course, he'll clear. That's no problem. Mr. Kennedy will need to complete all the training, etc. He will be able, as a football coach, to be there for all of the coaches' meetings and spring football practice and other off-season football activities. So they're acknowledging that he is back. He's part of the team again. He's an assistant coach again once he goes through some of the paperwork, which, again, not going to be a problem for him at all. Hiram Sasser is the executive general counsel at First Liberty. First Liberty is the ones that represented Coach Kennedy all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And Hiram explained that they're thrilled that Bremerton and Coach Kennedy are back together. And Hiram said, and we hope they go undefeated, which – of course, would be truly like the Cinderella moment story that Coach Kennedy is back. The team does amazing, undefeated, win state championship, whatever the case might be. Uh, also worth noting, the school district was required to pay the attorney's legal fees in this multi-year-long dispute. Now, this was a case that went to court in 2015 when he lost his job, and it was a decision that was won in 2022. And so you're talking about, I mean, seven years of legal fees the legal settlement was just under $2 million. 
the school district had to pay. And unfortunately, that does mean that's that's taxpayer dollars. However, hopefully this does impact the school district enough. And and hopefully it's a wake up call to other school districts to go, you know, we don't want to deal with the financial repercussions of taking away someone's basic First Amendment rights, something obviously protected in the Bill of Rights. And Coach Kennedy came out and and acknowledged this is a win for all Americans. It's not just a win for people of a certain faith. He said, because if you're part of one faith or another faith or no faith at all, this is something that every American should have these same rights. And of course, Coach Kennedy was a military veteran and he had fought for the Constitution. He fought for the Bill of Rights, fought for freedom in America. And now to see him get a victory after he had fought this legal battle, guys, just so encouraging. And we've talked about the Supreme Court victories for really weeks, if not years now, that we've seen from some of these Donald Trump-appointed federal judges or now Supreme Court justices. And it's so encouraging. But now to see kind of the, the culmination conclusion that Coach Kennedy is now once again back being employed by Bremerton High School. Guys, that's really good news. All right, back over to David. What's the next piece of good news, sir? Okay, guys, this one comes uh, on the results of a Rasmussen poll that was done not long ago. And it, it is kind of back where I was with the opening segment is I'm taking a position that's not normally what we would be expected to take. And this one actually deals with a statement that was made by Republican Congresswoman Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she made the statement that what America needs is a national divorce. We need a divorce to separate the red states from the blue states. And I understand that that there is a huge polarization now, but the idea of having a national divorce between the red and blue states, I, that's a bad idea. Well, and, and let me throw in, too, that we know in Scripture, the Bible tells us very clearly that God hates divorce. So, uh, again, obviously, understanding the frustration, the sentiment where people are coming from, uh, the, the idea of a national divorce or secession is actually an unconstitutional position. So for people that say they support the Constitution, and that's why we need to secede, you're actually saying you want to do something unconstitutional to support the Constitution. That, that, that's a contradiction. That's not the way that works. Nonetheless, understand the frustration, understand where people are coming from that feel this way. However, what was the conclusion? So what happened was Rasmussen polled that. Does America need a national? Would you support a divorce of the red states from blue? Would you support separating the red states from the blue states? And overwhelmingly, the nation said, no, we don't support that. Uh, Reds didn't support that and blues didn't support that and independents didn't support that. So across the board, Americans think we still need to work out our problems and we need to be America. We need to be one nation. But I love the fact that we haven't gotten in at at the grassroots level yet, at the citizen level, and the thinking that things are so bad that we can't reconcile this and get back together and find some common ground. By the way, I think in the last several months, we've been seeing indications um, that those people who have been silent for a long time and and not the loudmouths on either side, they're starting to stand up and and say, wait a minute, guys, you need an adult in the room. This has gone far enough. Let's stop the, the fighting we're seeing many indications that this large group, which Rasmussen identifies, this group that doesn't want to split, they're starting to make their voice heard. And I think that's a really, really healthy thing. So as it turned out, only 34% of the nation agreed with the position that we need to split the nation, reds and blues. And that means the hardcore reds and the hardcore blues, only one third of the nation are at the point where they don't see a reconciliation possible. So I consider this really, really good news. I think that's Tim, as you mentioned, it's a really, really bad idea. It's an unconstitutional 
constitutional idea. It's a non-biblical idea. Uh, Jesus said a house divided can't stand. This is just not good at any level, and I'm glad Americans see that. Well, and, and to be clear, it's not good because of what it would produce in the nation. Uh, obviously, people can look and go, no, it would be great because then, right, whatever part split, we could we could actually build a wall. We could protect our borders. And, and, and people look and think there's some obvious benefit, and there might be some benefit to a separation. However, there'd be so many unintended negative consequences and repercussions that would not ultimately be as successful as what people think on top of the fact we, as, as polling shows, we're, we're at a place, the majority of Americans are not supportive of the extremes, uh, really on either side, but really the, the party that's being more extreme right now certainly is the left. It certainly is the, the Democrat policies, whether it be uh, with, with, with some of the gender mutilization of children or right, some of the transgender movement. We can go down the list of saying that we're going to take our our strategic oil reserve and we're just going to continue to use that to keep gas prices lower. We're going to sell some of that off to China. The things that don't make any sense that people don't support, people don't want to do. The good news is the majority of Americans are not there. And we are at a place where there are more and more people that are waking up to some of the challenges that America is facing and they're ready to find common ground solutions, which is really good news that even though it feels at times like we're headed for a civil war, we're, we're not as close to civil wars as it feels like in some scenarios. It does make a difference maybe what news station you are watching and how they are uh, promoting what's happening. And of course, remember, news outlets, they have to get their clicks. They have to get their views. And so they're going to be as dramatic as possible to try to get as many clicks and views and likes as they can because that helps with their revenue and their advertising and everything else. But if you just start talking to your neighbors, you'll realize that most of your neighbors are, are not woke, radicalized individuals. And it maybe depends on where you live. If you are a conservative in uh, Boston or a conservative in San Francisco or Austin, or there might be some places you might feel like, no, all my neighbors, they are crazy. That's not all of America. The majority of America is not in that place. And as this polling suggests, it is good news that the majority of America does want to resolve our differences and find common ground to work together. That's great news. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll dive into more good news when we return. Have you ever wanted to learn more about the United States Constitution, but just felt like, man, the classes are boring, or it's just that old language from 200 years ago, or I don't know where to start? People want to know, but it gets frustrating because you don't know where to look for truth about the Constitution either. Well, we've got a special program for you available now called Constitution Alive with David Barton and Rick Green, and it's actually a teaching done on the Constitution at Independence Hall in the very room where the Constitution was framed. We take you both to Philadelphia, the Cradle of Liberty and Independence Hall, and to the Wall Builders Library, where David Barton brings the history to life to teach the original intent of our founding fathers. We call it the Quick Start Guide to the Constitution because in just a few hours through these videos, you will learn the Citizen's Guide to America's Constitution. You'll learn what you need to do to help save our constitutional republic. It's fun, it's entertaining, and it's going to inspire you to do your part to preserve freedom for future generations. It's called Constitution Alive with David Barton and Rick Green. You can find out more information on our website now at wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. It's Good News Friday today. Let's dive right back into that good news. Tim's got the next piece of good news. All right, Rick. Well, I am going to take this one to Washington, D.C., This is something that happened really just in the last week or two. The title of the article says, Watch, GOP Representatives Worship in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. And we've talked about Sean Foyt before with 
his Let Us Worship initiative. He's been traveling all around the nation and even internationally, hosting different worship nights uh, and, and times for people to come together and, and just pray and see God move. And, and there have been miracles that have been taking place where people have been healed and, and people set free from addictions and, and miracles taking place at some of these events. Well, this one specifically was an after-hours night of worship at the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. There were many congressmen that joined in, people like uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert or Michael Cloud or, or Josh Burkeen, people that we've actually had many of them on the show before. They are friends of the program, and they are our personal friends. And they were some of the many Congress individuals who were there. And uh, Sean Foy talked about this. He said they were lifting their hands. They were on their knees. They were crying out for revival in America. We were all declaring revival is the only hope for the nation. And it's amazing when we come to the place where God is our only option. And I think we're there right now in America. Now, of course, as Sean goes on and uh, in this interview, it gives a lot more information uh, regarding some of what happened. This was an interview with Todd Starnes uh, as he's laying this out. And Sean Foyt pointed out the biggest difference under the new House Speaker Kevin McCarthy um, compared to former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He says, it's amazing to me how different, uh, how amazing the atmosphere is now that the Capitol is not locked down. Pelosi had it totally locked down. They weren't able to do this. And with this shift, uh, this regime change in Speaker, it's actually something spiritual has happened too. I believe there's an openness to God. There's an openness to prayer. And I'm just so grateful and honored to be part of what God is doing in this hour. Now, I'll point out what Sean Foyt identified, that it, the atmosphere feels totally different. It does. I, I was there in November of 2022 when Nancy Pelosi was still in charge. And, and, and I Nancy Pelosi had just allowed the Capitol to be open on some level to the public. It was very limited, uh, very limited locations. It was very limited hours. Uh, it was very strict police officers everywhere. I mean, everywhere in every room, every hallway, they were strictly monitoring things. And I was leading a group for a Senator and even, even leading this kind of group, the police officer were like, Nope, you can't go there. You can't do that. And of course the congressional staff were like, we, we can go where we want to go. And the police said, Nope, you can't. We're under orders. Well, then I was there, dad, you and I were there at the very beginning of January of this year. And we were, this was after the new Congress sworn in. So McCarthy now is in charge of the Capitol. And it was, it was so different because as soon as we got there, the police welcomed us. Glad to have you guys. Y'all enjoy the night. And then pretty much once you got through security, they let you go. And, and again, we were with the congressmen. And so this is something, if you're with the congressmen, congressmen are allowed to take some of their friends or constituents, some of their delegates and walk them around. It's their building. They're allowed to do that. Well, this time they actually were allowed to do that because the police said, you guys enjoy it. And we virtually didn't see another police officer the whole night. And the whole atmosphere felt different. And what Sean Ford has pointed out is not only did it feel different, that God is doing something. There was a move happening. And as we're seeing around the nation, we already talked about in the last segment, that a lot of people are being awakened to truth. There's people being unified on some level. We're seeing a spiritual breakthrough. And this is part of why we've been talking about even a third great awakening, where we are seeing God do something in America. This is part of what we are seeing God do. And it's really cool that we're seeing this move happen at places like the U.S. Capitol and including and involving some of our political leaders, because far too often we look at our political leaders and we see the negative. And and, and there's a reason we see the negative. There's a, a lot of political leaders that are are not trustworthy. They're, they don't have the integrity and honor they should. And uh, I mean, we can look at political leaders. We've, we've talked about it before with Nancy Pelosi becoming wealthy, $200 million dollars. As, as part of her net worth. And when you have Mitch McConnell with over $40 million in his net worth, there are people that are there enriching themselves 
at the expense of Americans, that they're just the political elite, they're entrenched, but God is raising up a new generation. And it's really cool to see things like this happen where literally the spirit of God is moving throughout the nation and is now being welcomed back into the Capitol. That's really good news. All right, David, we've got time for another piece of good news. Okay, guys, this one deals with a survey that came out recently. And in this survey, it deals with the beliefs of four different generations, and that's the baby boomers, the Gen X, the Gen Y, and the Gen Z. Now, I'm the baby boomer in the crowd. Uh, Rick, you're the Gen X. Tim, you're the Gen Y. And we've had some of our staff on that were Gen Z. So we've had all four generations represented on this program. And the the question was, and, and they asked they asked all four generations, do you think women's rights have gone too far? Which is an interesting question. I would not have expected that to even be a question out there because I didn't know it was a discussion going on. They usually poll things that people are talking about. But according to the results, the younger the generation, the more they think that women's rights have gone too far and that as the result of what's happening with the women's rights agenda, that men are losing their rights. And so instead of having equal rights and equality, you're having a disparity of rights and overbalance of rights. And so 52% of Gen Z and 53% of millennials said that we've gone too far in promoting women's equality, and now we're discriminating against men. Now, I would have thought that would have come from the older generations. It didn't. The older generations were less likely to disagree with that. They were less likely to say, no, no, women's women's, um, equality needs to keep moving forward. And so it, it was just striking to see that. But then it was also striking to see that not only did they say it's gone too far, that when you asked well, has it gone far enough? Maybe it hasn't gone too far, but has it gone far enough? Or are, are things pretty equal now? At that point, it was much higher with both the, the Gen Y and the Gen Z. And at that point, actually, the Gen X and the baby boomers came along. So pretty much majorities in all of those categories say that th- this has gone far enough. And so it was really pretty amazing to see that result. And here's something else that I thought was really striking out of the younger generations. Um, surprising result, but both Gen Z and millennials, they believed that if a father stays home to look after his children, they see him as being less of a man than all the other groups. So this was the thing that was pushed on us was, well, if you believe in equality, you'll give up this, this traditional manhood stuff. It's interesting to see the younger generation coming back around and saying, no, that kind of traditional role, that that's not a bad thing. And if, if a guy gives up working and, and doing the things that have been traditional, historical, and biblical, what, what the head of a family does, he's less of a man if he doesn't assume the man's role in the family. So for whatever reason, it looks like that the concept of traditional family structure is coming back around with the younger generation at a time when the culture certainly is not pushing that, education is certainly not pushing that. And who knows why they're coming around, but but I think that's a really good sign that they're coming back to traditional, more biblical, more historical view of a family and roles of families. Well, I think one of the things it shows, too, is that uh, we we have a, a rising generation that sees the brokenness of what has been promoted for so long. Yeah, that's right. And... It, Ultimately, right when you don't do it God's way, it's not going to work. We 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 understand that God's ways work, and they work every time. And this is part of where Jesus said, "You judge a tree by the fruits." If we would just measure the production of what we are doing, uh, measure the output, we we could have a pretty good determination: is it a good idea or not? And we haven't done that very well or very much. But the rising generation has seen so much brokenness. At, at, on some level, they're recognizing what this is. Now, I don't know if 
that necessarily equates to them finding truth in the Bible and recognizing this is an unbiblical position, but they might just simply by recognizing it's it's not sustainable, it's untainable, it's not working, it's going to help them arrive at the same conclusion. But this is good news for the rising generation. Very, very good stuff. Okay, Tim, final piece of good news for the day. Yeah, Rick, I got one I can squeeze in there real quick. This is one uh, regarding Kirk Cameron and his story hour time in a library. The title of this article says, Library Director Fired After Unkind Pushback at Kirk Cameron's Story Hour Event. As we've seen the growth of some of these uh, drag queen uh, story time or story hour events, we've encouraged Christians to push back against this. And and actually, Christians, you should you should go host your own events, host your own story time and story hour events, and, and find a book in the library with a positive moral value. Well, this is part of what Kirk Cameron determined to do. He has a book called As You Grow, and he was going to host some of these story hour events. This one specifically was in Tennessee, and he was joined by University of Kentucky swimmer and women's sports advocate Riley Gaines, and she was the one that had to swim against the male identifying as a female Leah Thomas, who all of that debacle going on. And then uh, Kirk Cameron was also joined by Missy Robertson, who uh, is part of the the Doug Dynasty Robertson family. Well, while they were there, they were they were doing some promos for the event, encouraging people to come out that night. And library employees were going around and they were talking and playing music and banging cabinets to try to disrupt the video. Uh, they asked if they could, uh, library employees could, hey, can y'all keep it down while I do this video? And to which they were told, well, you're not even supposed to be here in, anyway. We we don't want you here. Yeah, so, it is a public building after all that's paid for by taxpayer dollars. You can't be here because you're a citizen. Well, because you're going to promote biblical ideas and not transgenderism. We don't want you here. That, that was the idea and impression. Um, well, Kirk Cameron at the end of the event said, despite the rain, an unkind pushback from one disgruntled librarian, an overflow crowd of families, mayors, county commissioners, celebs, welcomed and joined us at a library in Hendersonville, Tennessee, for singing the national anthem, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag, praying, and teaching faith in God and moral values to our kids. Well, when word got out of what this librarian had done, there was pressure, the board voted, and the board approved removing this librarian for bad behavior. So not only is there good news that there are Christians pushing back in this story hour event, but also that there are individuals being held accountable who are trying to silence the Christian community. So guys, this is good news on two different fronts. Be a part of Nehemiah's wall, be a part of the the, the prayer groups around this nation that are constantly lifting up our local leaders, our, our federal leaders, different programs, uh, listen, there's so much you can be praying for for our nation, and we hope that you are a part of that. also want to encourage you to just go to wallbuilders.com today. Get some of the materials there that will equip and inspire you. It, I promise you it will give you hope whenever you see some of these negative things happening out there. And then there's, of course, a lot more good news at our website, wallbuilderslive.com, where you can listen to the archives to the Good News Friday programs. Thanks so much for listening today. You've been listening to Wall Builders. We stand undivided. Forever.